Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hello, Channel Pros. Welcome to Channel Journeys. This is your host, Rob Spee, and this is such an exciting time of the year for me. Professionally, it's fun to transition from strategic planning to full-on execution. And personally, I love watching the Tour de France while stepping up my own cycling. It has been an incredible tour so far with huge suspense and drama in the mountains and just beautiful scenery. I would love to ride there. Next week, I will be doing my own tour, RAGBRAI, the Tour of Iowa. Not exactly the Alps, but we'll be riding about 480 miles and climb a total of 12,000 feet during the week. Not much compared to the tour, but still it's going to be a great time. As you know, partnering is full of suspense and drama. Leading a partner team is difficult enough, but try doing it at a time of massive change in your company's product strategy. That is exactly what our guest today had to manage. Before we get to that, a big shout out to Allbound, the sponsor of Channel Journeys and the maker of a world-leading partner portal that vendors rely on to manage their diverse partner ecosystems, things that we've been talking about, dealers, distributors, VARs, agents, OEMs, ISVs, system integrators, influencers, the modern partner ecosystem. Allbound is fast and easy to set up, and their user interface makes it easy on partners to collaborate with you on co-selling and co-marketing as they ramp up on their training and certification. Be sure to check them out at allbound.com. All right, today I'm speaking with Lana King, VP of Partner Programs, Training, and Enablement at MyTel. She is a return guest to the show. Last summer, I spoke with Lana about building a partner program for the full customer lifecycle. That was a great podcast, episode 74. It has the second highest downloads of all my shows, a very close second to Jay McBain's top 10 channel predictions for 2022. Are you ready to welcome back Lana King? Let's go. Hey, Lana, good morning. Welcome back to the Channel Journeys podcast. Well, thank you, Rob. I am super excited to be back. Yeah, super excited to see you again. You know, I was looking back. It was June of last year, the last time we spoke. So one year ago, exactly. That is hard to believe. I have to admit, it feels a little bit like it was just like yesterday as opposed to a year ago. I know. I know. It's been a bit of, bit of a crazy world, but uh, things have calmed down a bit. We're getting back out, seeing partners, seeing customers, traveling again. So that's all fantastic. It is. It's very exciting to be back out on the road. I was actually just on the road last week to Dallas doing a little bit of a U.S. sales meeting. So it was great to see some of our internal colleagues face-to-face for the first time in like two years. It's really good. Yeah. And isn't it all the new hires that came on in the last two years that you finally get a chance to see face-to-face? That's exactly right. You know, video's fun and awesome, but nothing beats a quick face-to-face. Yeah. You've never seen anyone like from the shoulders down before until you go, go, go out to these events. That's right. You assume everyone's eye level height. Yes. No, you do get some surprises way above and sometimes way below you. So exactly, it is fun. Well, great. So we spoke last year about driving cloud adoption with your channel program. And you guys were doing some really cool things to to help drive that up. You had a a really interesting go-to-market strategy with your partners. Then earlier this year, I was speaking with Darren Finney at Mitel about driving or leveraging distributors as cloud service brokers. Really interesting conversation. But he mentioned in that conversation, this partnership with RingCentral. 
And it's kind of changed a bit your, your strategy. And it got me thinking and wanting to talk to you again about how has this impacted all those other things that you were doing and how did partners respond to this announcement? So that's, that's what I'd really like to explore with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was, like you said, we talked in June. And then in about October, we introduced and announced a deep strategic partnership with market leader UCAS, Ring Central, as you stated. And that happened October. So we were pretty deep into some of our new go-to-market motions with our partners. And, you know, I have to say, Rob, when we made this announcement, it was certainly an exciting change for us and our partners. And, you know, as as with a lot of change, sometimes change is uh, not always welcomed by all, but in general, with a lot of our partners, you know, given Ring Central was and is the market leader in UCAS, a lot of our partners already have relationships with Ring Central. And so it was a definite opportunity for partners that had already forged really strong relationships with Ring Central to ensure they could take the best solutions out to market for their customers, which frankly is why we forged that relationship with Ring Central. Yeah, but like you said, change is difficult. It's funny, this morning, we do like this monthly leadership training series. And, and this month's topic was change management. So, <laughs> which we all are doing, you know, there's so much change and change is happening so quickly. And we're driving new partnerships, new strategies. And I'm always concerned, am I doing, am I changing too fast? Are we changing our program too quickly, too often? Am I putting too much on our team? But that was a big shift for your partners, wasn't it? This, this new partnership. Maybe you can just explain again what this partnership's all about and how it changed your Mitel's product strategy and go-to-market strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So as you know, you know, we are been in business almost 50 years and have very strong just overall solutions as we consider the solutions that we sell out for our partners to customers, ranging from on-site or on-premises solutions and just a variety of collaboration solutions, whether it's on-site, we had the UCAS solution. So MyCloud Connect was the solution that we had. And then we, of course, have some cloud solutions that our partners can go out and deploy for their customers. So with this specific partnership, we made the decision to pivot and our UCAS offering, as opposed to delivering that via MyCloud Connect and that specific product, we made the decision to partner with RingCentral and make their UCAS offering MVP available out to our customers through our partners. And did you, did Mitel discontinue your own UCAS offering then? That's a great question. We have, at that time, we did not discontinue it. So we did announce that we would eventually phase that out. So we still have, as you can imagine, many, many customers on that solution and are continuing to support that solution. However, at this point, anything really net new, we would look to transition and to activate with RingCentral. Additionally, as customers are coming up for their renewal or as customers have the want to perhaps shift and change, we certainly are looking at that transition to help customers pivot to Ring Central MVP from our existing solution, either at their request or as they're coming up for renewal with their existing service. Right. So what how did partners receive this? What it surprised them, right? Any news surprises the partners. What what was some of the, the feedback that you started getting? Yeah, well, as you can imagine, given we historically were competitors with this organization that now we were in a very deep strategic partnership with, I think in many cases, some partners kind of took a step back, scratched their heads and said, well, wait a second, help me understand this. So 
That was certainly a subset of our partners. For years, our very loyal Mitel partners had gone head to head with RingCentral. So for many partners, it was a little bit of a hang on a minute, and they had to get their head around it. As I mentioned, for other partners, they had already developed relationships with RingCentral, and they were already positioning not only Mitel solution, but RingCentral solution, depending on the customer needs out in the marketplace. So for some subset of our partners, it was a welcome change and kind of, okay, got it, different, but I'm already engaged with RingCentral and now I will proceed and move forward. And then we do have a subset of our partners that hadn't perhaps adopted any cloud solution. They were really deeply invested either in their own hosted solution or just premise in general. So for those partners specifically, it was, okay, got it. I'm still focused in the area where I'm focused and I'm going to continue to do that. So clearly the biggest shift was those partners that had deeply invested in Mitel's UCAS solution. And to help those partners with it, you know, we, as you can imagine, you talked about your change management session, had a number of partner communications, partner webinars, spent time one-on-one from an executive perspective with our partners to really talk through and help them understand. And and it was a long, it's a long transition, as you can imagine. It was about, so it was October. So it hasn't been a full year yet, but we are definitely moving things along, continuing to learn, continuing to strengthen not only the partnership with Ring Central, but certainly with our partners through the transition. It's really interesting you mentioning, and I'm trying to picture, we all have competitors and we have partners who are, you know, 100% focused on our own product. We have partners that are out there selling the competition and, you know, we're trying to get mind share and everything that, and trying to picture suddenly announcing, hey, we've now adopted this strategic partnership and we're in with this competitor. It could really, yeah, it could really surprise some folks. And does it, we always talk about trust. Trust is so important in a partner relationship. Did it threaten trust in any way? Was that an issue? You know, I just in, in full transparency, I think for some partners, absolutely. It would be certainly as we consider the elements of change and kind of relationships in general, I think in some cases, absolutely it did. And it, it caused some partners, like I said, to take a step back and scratch their head and really say, okay, where, where am I going to go with this relationship? So with that, you know, we are really committed to getting and staying close with our partners to, for those where the trust was impacted, ensure that we are rebuilding those relationships, or I shouldn't say rebuilding, but kind of just reaffirming if you will, and strengthening. Because trust is one of those things that it's not something that you necessarily build and have without a critical relationship, right? So it is that relationship. And we're doing a number of things to ensure not only from a channel account manager perspective, but even at the executive level to get back out and to be with our partners, to listen to them, to hear their concerns, to talk them through the overall strategy, the rationale, and quite frankly, they get it. So our partners do understand, you know, it is the strategic partnership that we have with Ring Central. They are the market leader in UCAS, so it really does give our customers a great solution and helps our partners ensure that they are satisfying their customers' needs throughout their communication life cycle, which is really the critical reason that we had and struck the relationship to begin with. Yeah. If I recall correctly, you already were doing a lot of of partner feedback sessions. Did you also have a uh, partner advisory board as well? We do and did, yes. So we've had partner advisory 
councils. In fact, I believe next week is our international session, and we have one coming up a bit later for the Americas in August. So we have not had a dedicated partner advisory council since the strategic partnership. So this will be our first one. Ah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, we did have our partner conference. So we had what we call our global sales kickoff or global kickoff, and then our partner conference. And that happened earlier this year in February. So that was a great opportunity for us to get out with our partners. Now, it wasn't a partner advisory council that is typically much more intimate than a partner kickoff, right? But at the same time, it was a good opportunity for our partners to really get aligned on our overall strategy for us to spend some time one-on-one face-to-face with partners virtually, mind you, because we still weren't traveling at that point. So it was a virtual event. But your advisory council next week is live? The next, yes. So next week it is live for our international partners. And then in August, it will be live as well. So it's going to be the first time in a couple of years that we've had really our advisory councils face-to-face. The one we did last year was virtual. We've just kicked off our advisory council. We did a virtual meeting a few months ago. And next, no, in two weeks, I'll be traveling. We're going having our uh, first live council in Monaco. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun on many levels. That sounds amazing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We're all very much looking forward to it. So do you have sessions planned specifically on this topic or are you kind of past that now for the advisory council? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, one of the critical things as we consider not only our partners, but our customers is the overall customer lifecycle management. So how do we make sure that we stay close to our customers? And as a result of that, we will have sessions really focused around customer lifecycle management. And sometimes that includes transition for those customers that we have to a UCAS solution. Some of our customers that have been with us for, let's say, 10, 20 years, it's time for them to upgrade their technology. Perhaps they're looking for the next solution. So so having this strategic partnership with RingCentral and considering the solution with the customer life cycle, it absolutely will be one of the things we talk about. And how do we ensure that we are enabling our partners, building the relationships? And it's interesting, certainly here in the Americas, the majority of our partners, the vast majority of our partners now have a relationship with Ring Central. So the adoption is there and accelerating the um, certainly sales and not only of new customers to UCAS, but certainly again, considering the customer life cycle existing customers transitioning over to Ring Central and VP will be top of mind for us and for our partners. Yeah, I bet. Who's that? That's my dog, Jet. He is apparently telling me that someone is out the door delivering something. <laughs> All right. You want to go get that? Do you need to go get that, Lana? No, I don't. <laughs> no, no worries. The, the number of dogs that we've had in the podcast is increasing rapidly. <laughs> I love it. Well, he's he's a big one with a big bark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. So we were talking last time, I remember you had a really cool partner managed model that you were rolling out and it really was allowing the partner to own almost all of that entire customer lifecycle. I think you, the subscriptions at the time were still with MyTel, but the partner got to do just about everything else. That's what you were looking for. Is that still the strategy? Yeah, that was the strategy with our solution and with our offering. And as we have the new strategic partnership with Ring Central, they have different go-to-market options and models for partners, and some of which include things like taking more control of the sale, certainly doing some implementation. So they do have their own models. That that makes sense. So 
How has this changed? You, you run partner programs, training, enablement, all of that. How has it, how has it changed what you're focused on and is your program evolving because of this? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, it's a great question. And for certain, the program did evolve. One of the elements, again, is we consider customer lifecycle management. Certainly, that's critical for us to consider in the program. A key measure of a program is partner performance, right? So as we consider sales, whether it's on-site sales of subscription or historically our UCAS sales, that was how partners could progress from a performance perspective through the program. As we have the new strategic partnership with Ring Central, we do have, and I don't know if you remember, one of the cool things about our program is we use program points to help normalize sales and overall performance through the program because an on-site sale is a very different financial makeup, if you will, than a UCAS or even subscription sales. So we use program points. So one of the things with the strategic partnership that we did is introduce program points for partners to reward them and to recognize them for any investments that they make in migrating their customers over to RingCycle's MVP solution. So from a program perspective, again, we're really looking at the partner's contribution and consideration to their customers throughout the life cycle, whether it's net new on-site sales, subscriptions, kind of migrating customers to a UCAS solution. Additionally, as, as you likely recall, we also give partners training points and different ways for them to strategically earn points. But that's one of the critical programmatic changes that we made. From a training and enablement perspective, as you can imagine, certainly as we consider enablement, helping our partners understand that overall solution, enabling them there, that is critical. And, you know, as partners, through the partnership, partners are becoming Ring Central partners. We are not only strategic partners, but we are still, in some cases, competitors, right? So our partners that learn about the Ring Central solution primarily do that through Ring Central directly. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm curious, on that point, did you shift from a metallic tiers, like classic tiers based on sales revenue to this point system? So we do use points. And points is, again, you can translate that. So let's say X hundred dollars equals a point. X number of seats equals a point. So partners can build points and it equates back to revenue. It equates back to monthly recurring revenue or kind of an on-site bookings, for example. But yes. We use points as opposed to pure dollars to let partners progress through the program. So we're debating that in at Beyond Trust right now. What what do you think what have you seen as the benefits to MyTel, benefits to the partners of, of shifting to that points program? Well, I uh, it's funny that you asked this because we were just having this conversation yesterday with a new colleague that joined the organization. One of the critical benefits is it gives us as an organization, and certainly anyone that deploys this methodology, the opportunity to reward partners for things other than just revenue or sales. So for example, if you want to have a strategic shift on a given area, like we did, we believe strongly that partners that have more skilled, competent individuals, whether they're sales or technical, will serve their customers better and will therefore strategically be better partners. So we do have minimum thresholds for training that's required at the various program levels. But when partners go above and beyond that, we give them additional program points. So it's not just looking at how many, what the dollars are, but it's also looking at their training. Additionally, as I mentioned, as we consider migrations, we there are points there as we consider additional strategic elements that the team's looking at introducing later this year 
things like software assurance and just renewals. So how do we, considering the customer life cycle, ensure that we're renewing our just overall software assurance and making sure customers are taken care of from a a support perspective? I'm a big believer in points. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And what I think is the benefit from what you're describing is as the business models shift and the value add you're looking for from partnerships, you can adjust what 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 you give, how many points you get for what, or what are even considered as categories for points. That's exactly right. It gives us as an organization and any organization that deploys it this way, the opportunity to be much more strategic in how they recognize and reward partners. Now with that, the downside is back in the day, you knew a platinum partner or a diamond partner was an X million dollar part. And so that pure valuation and kind of the the blanket assumption that a partner is generating a certain amount with you isn't that may or may not be true once you introduce points. But at the same time, kind of as you're saying, as we look to evolving programs and kind of the the value that partners bring out to the marketplace, I think having a much more strategic way of assessing a partner is certainly for us, it's been very critical to ensure that we are measuring and rewarding partners holistically for what they do. Does it level set partners in terms of, for example, you can have a small partner who has fantastic technical skills, just delivering an awesome customer experience. But in the old plat, old metallic tiers, they might be a silver partner. And they're like, wait a second, I'm adding as much value as your million dollar, you know, gold platinum partners, but I'm, you're considering me as at such a lower level. Does it level that playing field? It does somewhat. It is not, we're not there yet. However, that's kind of the journey that we're taking. That's where you want to go. That's right. And, you know, certainly there is looking at and having waiting to values and ensuring that partners can progress with different key strategic attributes is where we are headed with the program. I, and the reason I say that it's still a little bit weighed more heavily than to overall performance than to things like training or post-sale support. So we're getting there, but we're not there yet. Yeah. And how difficult is it to manage? Is it is it more difficult managing points than the old classic thresholds on revenue? It's not. Now, with that said, you do need to value your points, right? So for us, given the the need to so you will, let's say you're introducing this. For us, what we did, we made the decision to provide a little bit more weight to for to UCAS, for example, than we did historically to on-site revenue. So there was a weighting that we provided and we did. So it's not any more difficult to manage once you get it set up. So your dollar value equals X number of points. Training value, whether it's sales, technical equals X number of points. So once you understand, if you've got solid understanding of the valuation and where the weighting is for you, it's pretty easy. You know, it's just a formula. It's a table, right? So it's $500 equals X points or $10, right? So it, it depends on your business, but I have not found it any more difficult to manage. Good. And do you have it automated in your CRM or PRM tool that you use? We do, fortunately. Otherwise, it would probably, you know, it would be a lot of Excel work. But no, yes, it's automated. We have a, a dashboard for the Global Partner Program that shows our partners exactly where they are from a points perspective, and they can take a look to see how they're progressing in the program and what the value is for the various contributions that they make. Yeah, that's key. Otherwise, if you were doing it manually, then it would be quite a chore. (laughs) It would be. All right. Awesome. 
What what else has has struck you or, or lessons that you've learned? This was a difficult transition you went through, and and we all you know have moments in our careers where we're, where we're hit with something that came out of left field. And what have you learned from this? You know, I one of the things that I've learned is you just can't communicate enough, and we can't be close enough to partners and even customers throughout changes like this, and quite frankly, even employees. If you think about it, similarly, all of a lot of employees that were deeply invested in a specific solution, and we made the pivot away from that solution. So, you know, as with any change management, you know, you think you're doing enough communication, you've said it, you've made your point clear, and you feel like you're over communicating. You know, in this situation with a change like this, you probably can't communicate enough. There isn't really a thing called over communication and giving an opportunity for, in that communication, for it to be two way, to have a listening for partners and for customers and for employees and to give people an opportunity to communicate and to be heard. Yes. Partners want to be heard. They, they need a chance to vent. Then, then they want to discuss and explain and then move on. Okay. Hey, now that I've done that, how do I move forward? How do I benefit from this? That's exactly right. I am a big believer. And while there was a book years and years ago, a complaint is a gift. While it may not feel like a gift, Certainly partners that are expressing concern, that are vocalizing, that are coming, participating, engaging with you, even if they don't like it, even if they're upset, you know, that is much better than the partners that completely disengage. That means they care. That means they're still passionate. I would be more concerned if all of a sudden it was just crickets out there and we didn't hear anything, right? Because then they're completely disengaged and they are, they've checked out and they're moving on. So Fortunately, our partners are passionate. We've had partners. I, you know, I, we are committed to our partners and I, I have a passion and a love for the partners that we have. And I love to talk to them and I love to hear their concerns and really to see how we can address them. And we have proceeded with the strategic partnership. So while we are decisions that are made aren't going to be unmade per se in some cases. We certainly can work with our partners to help smooth the transition and support their needs. Yeah. I love that comment that, uh, what'd you say, the, the complaint is a gift because sometimes, sometimes you can get tired of the partners that are complaining, but you're right. If, if they weren't, they wouldn't have the passion. That's even worse. Now they've moved on. It's, that's, that's the worst thing. It is the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So I remember last time you have, you have a, a fun, interesting side hobby. Did you leverage that through this transition? I, I do have a fun, interesting side hobby. I lead cardio kickboxing and just, I love just fitness in general. So, you know, it's interesting. Did I leverage it during the transition? I'm going to just chuckle and this may not be what you're asking. However, cardio kickboxing, there is a bag that you punch. And while as the instructor, I don't do a lot of punching on the bag, I guide other people. It certainly is something my students... I, Every now and then I'm like, what's going on with you? You're hitting that bag really hard. And they're like, I'm envisioning this situation. So certainly throughout the transition, having the ability to keep up with fitness and to have the opportunity to uh, get it all out is certainly very therapeutic and helpful. Exactly. Exactly. As you're working through this, you might want to go kick the bag a few times. And that's exactly right. That's right. (laughs) You probably should have done a kickboxing session with your partners and let them kick the bag. You know what? I was just last week at our um, sales meeting said the next event we have, I'm going to lead a cardio kickboxing session. And I may just do that with our partners. They may. They would love it. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing this, Lana. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wished I had or that you want to mention? Well, Rob, I think we've covered it. With that said, it was this was a strategic partnership and I'm very we're excited about the strategic partnership. And I think at the end of the day, the opportunity that this gives us as an organization to do a couple of things, to A, ensure that we're delivering a solution for our customers out in the market and enabling our partners to sell a solution for our customers as we consider UCAS that is just a market leader. Additionally, it gives us the opportunity to do some investment in solutions where his, for the last couple of years, maybe we weren't investing as strongly. So it really does give us the ability to ensure that we are investing and delivering the right solution out to our customers, which at the end of the day supports our partners because as our partners are having conversations with their customers, they can offer the best of the best, regardless of what the customer really needs, whether it's on site, subscription, or Ring Central's MVP UCAS solution. So I think from a MyTel perspective, I, I just would underscore that, that it really gives us and our partners the ability to deliver what our customers need. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate you sharing this because we're all, we're expanding our partner ecosystems. We're, we're going into new types of partnerships, new alliances. And it really, I think, you know, this lesson forces us to think about what is the impact on the partner community? How do we best communicate it? When do we communicate it? What can we do to help partners through it and to make sure that everybody is, is growing from it, which is the point in the first place? That's exactly right. And we're continuing to grow. We're continuing to evolve and continuing to get feedback with our partners from our partners and to work with them. So it is, I would say, as a transition that it is definitely continuing and we're continuing to power through and to forge the relationships. And so thank you for the opportunity. You know, this was one of those topics that, wow, it's tough to talk about change sometimes. It's tough to talk about stuff like this that, wow, that was hard. And it in some ways still is hard, but we are there getting through it, listening to our partners, staying close to them, which certainly is what we want. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks again, Lana. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for sharing. Best of luck to you. Thank you. And look forward to to seeing how this continues to evolve for you. Absolutely. Thank you, Rob. Take care. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. There you go, guys. Another fun and super interesting conversation with Lana. I really appreciate her giving an insider's view of what they went through. Lana did a great job explaining how they handled a very difficult and sensitive situation. A lot to learn from her story. She really tackled it head on. Not surprising, coming from a kickboxer. Thank you for listening today. Thanks again to our sponsor, Allbound. Allbound has best-in-class reviews for user experience, ease of use, and customer support. If you're looking for an easier way to manage your partner ecosystem, check out allbound.com. For today's show notes, just go to channeljourneys.com slash cj93. You can subscribe while you are there. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a few minutes to leave a rating and review on your podcast platform. Next episode, we're going to be talking about the KPIs you should be tracking. Don't miss it. Until then, have an awesome channel journey. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends and be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.